The following sermon was delivered by Rev. Laurel Gray at the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. listened to a bunch of children's books about saints to try to gather materials for the service and came up empty. Well, there are lots of children's books about saints, and I didn't make it all the way through any of them. I found that all of them required so much theological translation that they sent my brain down a rabbit hole of complexity. Planning this whole service felt a bit like entering the matrix and hoping for the best. But still, I find being clear a helpful exercise, and children are masters at asking adults to explain complicated things with simple clarity. So let's endeavor to do that. Friday was St. Patrick's Day, of course, and one of you once asked me if you use have saints, which is a good question. I think my answer at the time was essentially, saints are a thing, but we're not in charge of them, which is accurate and also not the most illuminating. So let's talk about how one becomes a saint within the Catholic Church. It's a five-step process, this according to the BBC. Step one, wait five years or don't. The process to make someone a saint cannot normally start until at least five years after their death, but the Pope can waive this. Step two, become a designated servant of God or open the investigation. Once the five years are up or a waiver is granted, the bishop of the diocese where the person died can open an investigation into the life of the individual to see whether they lived their lives with sufficient holiness and virtue to be considered for sainthood. Step three, show proof of a life of heroic virtue. The Congregation for the Causes of Saints scrutinizes the evidence of the candidate's holiness, work, and signs that people have been drawn through prayer to prayer through their example. Step four, verified miracles. To reach the next stage, beatification, a miracle needs to be attributed to prayers made to the individual after their death. The prayers being granted are seen as proof that the individual is already in heaven and hence able to intercede with God on others' behalfs. There is one exception to the miracle requirement. A martyr, someone who died for their faith, can be beatified without a verified miracle. And step five, canonization. Canonization is the final step in declaring a deceased person a saint. To reach this stage, a second miracle normally needs to be attributed to prayers made to the candidate after they have been beatified. Martyrs, however, only need one verified miracle to become a a saint. So, in simpler terms, you wait about five years, open an investigation, a bishop opens an investigation, show proof that other people were moved by their life, And then you need two miracles. And that's how you become a saint. Now, being a servant of God and demonstrating sufficient holiness leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Hence the rabbit hole of theological complexity and a certain need for translation that I got a little lost in. 
There are lots of saints that did undeniably good work in the world, and there are also people who were sainted during the Crusades, or sainted for converting pagans, which gets kind of murky from a UU perspective. There are also over 10,000 canonized saints as recognized by the Catholic Church, so speaking of them as a unified whole feels a bit impossible. It seems there's a patron saint for just about anything, after all. So we're going to explore more in the service about how UUs can make sense of the idea of saints. But now we know, at very least, how saints are made. My grandparents were Presbyterians in the winter and Unitarians in the summer. As it is for many people, that was less a theological stance and more a matter of practicality and geography. When they went to the Cape for the summer, they donned their gardening hats and attended the Unitarian Church. But nestled in the back of the yard, shrouded in ever-growing rhododendrons, sheltered by thick leaves and magenta blooms, was a weathered gray statue of St. Francis. He's still there, though the rhododendrons are threatening to swallow him. That alone is unremarkable, but in the kitchen there's also a tile painting of St. Francis hanging unimposingly on the side of the cabinet. St. Francis, of course, is the patron saint of animals and the environment, so the garden statue makes sense to me. Maybe the local garden store sold them next to the lilacs and the lily bulbs. But the painting in the kitchen and the absence of all other saint references makes me wonder. It must have meant something to my grandmother, but I don't know what, not in her words. Like a good Scots-Canadian Protestant who lived through the Great Depression, she was not sentimental or particularly open about her inner world. The role of St. Francis in her life remains something of a mystery to me. If we zoom out and try to state things simply, saints are people who lived lives of such holiness that the impact of their goodness and their spirit extends beyond their death. They lived lives that are still inviting us to be better in our living. St. Francis is still gracing the gardens we tend, still asking us to notice the birds. We Unitarian Universalists aren't doing any canonization. That process belongs to the Catholic Church. But we do still have that impulse, which I assume most traditions have, that impulse to take note of the people whose goodness and wonder and, and courage is contagious and unconfined by death. And to be a UU is to be engaged in the process of seeking, of making meaning of the world and making sense of our own lives. There are also a really high percentage of UUs who used to be Catholic, so I take it as a given that some of you have a beloved statue of St. Francis amongst your flowers, or maybe St. Anthony brings you comfort, or Mother Teresa inspires you. That's all good and valid. To say there are many sources of wisdom is to acknowledge religious pluralism in its fullness. So yes, saints are a thing that exist in the world. The question really is what that means to you which also, in a very UU fashion, I can't tell you exactly. Which saint was in your grandmother's garden? What prayers come to you in moments of grasping for anything that might help in a moment of panic or powerlessness? As I've said, I've heard it joked that Mary Oliver is a UU saint because we so revere her poetry. And maybe to you she really is one in the same way our reading stated 
Her life and her work tells you something of holiness, gives you some access to a kind of transcendence, draws you back into a place of wonder that defies despair. It is part of our Unitarian heritage that we value direct experience, our own place in the world of mystery and transcendence. And I think saints are a door, an invitation into someone else's transcendence, an experience so profound it spills over and fills in when we feel the absence of something holy, when we need a hand in seeking the treasures of wonder and conviction. Now, I'm not suggesting we go around calling anyone a saint. We, you use, again, are not in charge of such things. But we can notice where we turn when we need an invitation into something holy, when we need inspiration for living more fully, more honestly, more kindly. Even if you've arrived in this place having left another religious tradition behind, that doesn't mean you have to shed everything that came before. My hope is that this is a place where there is room to make sense of the relics you carry from the other places you once called home. There is space here to let it all breathe, to wonder about your grandmother's saints and what it all means for you now. Here too is an invitation to explore what fills your spirit in new ways. Maybe saints aren't it. Maybe it's your favorite tree or the magnitude of the ocean reminding you of, the, of your place in the great mystery of life, pulling you back to that thing at the center of your one wild and precious life. Maybe it's an author or an organizer who helps you imagine a better world, whose life inspires you towards a life of greater meaning. Valuable things are not easy to find. Those gems of living, and yet people do manage to attune themselves to the depths of meaning. Maybe this is why all the saints represent different things. There isn't one kind of magic to be found. It's the attention to the seeking that matters. And maybe you'll choose to tell the story of what you find. I don't know why my mother loved St. Francis. I wish I did. I imagine knowing would have lent some sweetness, some magic to my memories of her garden and her life. If the saints are any indication, it is a blessing to share our experience of goodness and sweetness and sacred living to invite others into that place of courage and wonder. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.